Hello, and welcome to Witchy Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Danae Sweet, and this is episode 93. And it is Halloween week. I am so excited. We have a shitload of stuff planned for the coven all week. We have fun stuff going on, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about my own personal practice and what I do um, for, for my ancestors during this time of the year. It's just... I love it. The veil is super thin. It's easy to speak for me. It's easy to speak to my ancestors and deceased loved ones right now. Um, I can feel them around me. It's just, I feel like there's electricity in the air and, and I love it. (laughs) Um, today I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about Halloween around the world or Halloween-like or (laughs) Halloween-esque traditions around the world because it seems like Every culture honors their ancestors in one way or another. And it just was really cool when I started reading about stuff around the world that the different ways that people honor and celebrate our ancestors and those who have came before us. Also with the energy that is um, what it is right now, my animals are insane and crazy and jumping off of things and knocking things over. I cannot keep them still to record. So if you hear things banging around, it's not ghosts. It's my cats and dogs um, and their shenanigans. They just, it's like they wake up and mainline sugar. They're like, ah, let's freaking be as annoying and loud as we possibly can be for the entire day. (laughs) Which normally I wouldn't mind, but when I'm recording, I kind of would like relative quiet time it would be you know at least relative silence some sort of peace would be awesome like right now I have um cotton is just hanging on the back of my chair dangling like the freaking lion king so um so it ought to be an interesting um recording session Okay, so before I get into it too much, I wanted to announce some of the things going on in the coven this week. So in the Citrine Facebook group, we have Shelly Leggett doing a class on the Celtic cross and how to make one. And then we have Brandy Burrow doing an astrology basics class in that group as well. And this is their Citrine, their quarterly Citrine contributions to that tier. I'm super excited. I cannot wait. Um, And then we have a little bit of changes moving forward with sponsorships. So because of COVID and everybody's busy and it's just been kind of a shit show of a year, this is how um, I felt it would be easier for sponsors to interact and for me as well to, to organize things. So from now on, we will have quarterly sponsors. Um, I will try to get two sponsors per quarter that will do some sort of um, class for the Citrine group. So it's going to be held in that Facebook group. Anybody who joins as a Citrine member will have access to all the past classes as well. So it's not like you're just jumping in and you can't get any of the past stuff. You'll be able to get that too. So I will be booking those classes at least two months out. I would like to do it before then. And then the sponsors will get advertising and exposure for the entire quarter. So Anywho, I just thought I would let you guys know a little bit of changes in case you noticed different faces or things like that on the website that are changing a little bit. So that's how we're going to do it going forward. It's just going to be a lot easier. Um, It was really hard to schedule some of the things this month just because of COVID and everybody is so busy. It has been a busy year. It's been a busy year just being a human (laughs) and existing in this reality that we are living through. So 
I thought it would be just a little bit easier and more um, efficient this way. Okay, so let's get into kind of Halloween stuff around the world. So I thought I'd start out with uh, Dia de los Muertos or Day of the Dead. That is kind of a fusion holiday from what I could gather from the research I was doing. So it is kind of a fusion of Catholic holidays, All Saints Day and All Souls Day. And then the ancient Aztec tradition, and I cannot say it, but it's spelled M-I- C-T-E-C-A-C-I-H-U-A-T-L. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna pause it just for a minute. Go on the Googles and see if it tells me how to say that. Okay. One of the YouTube things says it's Miktikatsiwat. I, I hope I said that right. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's the Aztec tradition. The one word I just said that I can't pronounce because it's already lost my brain. It's gone. Um, it was practiced 3,000 years ago before Spanish conquistadors um, came to uh, Mexico or what is now known as Mexico. So basically what happened is the conquistadors tried to like get rid of the Aztec ritual. Uh, the Mixig, that one. Um, and it was usually celebrated kind of in the beginning of August. And they really kind of failed at that. <laughs> um, so unable to get rid of all of that tradition and history. And of course, we see this all over with um, colonization and uh, wanting to get rid of the local traditions and force um, their religious beliefs on others, which is a whole nother uh, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna go too far into that because I'll just get pissy. <laughs> I'll just get on my soapbox. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so they were unable to completely get rid of it. So what they did was they're like, oh, well, we'll just do it. We'll have like a fusion and moved the celebration to coincide with All Saints Day and All Souls Day. And then so on this particular website, they said that that's how Dia de los Muertos was born. So from November 1 and to 1st and the 2nd, um, they celebrate, and this is like, um, there's a lot of different cultures that celebrate this, but it originated in um, Latin and Central America um, and, and Mexico. So anyway, this is when you or they honor those who have passed away. So what the belief is, is that the gates of heaven open up around October 31st. So like the veil thins, kind of kind of how we believe on Samhain, the veil is thin. Anywho. Um, souls of the children <laughs> return to earth to be re reunited for their families for 24 hours, which is, I think, absolutely beautiful. And on November 2nd, the souls of adults come down from heaven to join in on the festivities. So what they do is they make big, uh, ancestor altars in their homes they put food and hot chocolate and like some of the other things were like stacks of tortillas and peanuts and sodas just sounds really cool um there's a specific holiday bread that is called the bread of the dead or pan de morito and that is left also for for ghosts and things like that for the souls of the children, they leave out things that are appropriate for children. So like toys and candy and things like that. And then the uh, adults for, that are coming on the, the 2nd of November, they get like shots of um, alcohol, cigarettes, you know, adult stuff. <laughs> but I thought that was really cool. You know, I've heard about this holiday and I've never really looked at exactly why or where it came from. So I thought it was kind of cool to, to learn that today. So now we're going to head over to uh, Japan, and they have one called the Kawa 
Kawasaki Halloween Parade. And it is at the end of uh, every October for the past 21 or 22 years. I, I got a couple different, couple different um, time spans when I was looking it up. So anyway, nearly 4,000 people like dress up uh, and they, they march and uh, the... the blah, 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 blah. Seriously, Mercury retrograde has got me tongue-tied. It's either that or no sleep and lots of caffeine have done it. So it's probably a combo of both. Anyway, so lots of people, like 4,000 <laughs> Halloween um, goers that dress up in cool costumes. And it is the biggest parade of its kind in Japan. So big that you cannot just join in on the festivities. They have strict guidelines and standards. And you have to apply to enter this two months before the parade even begins. And I was looking up and looking at some of the beautiful costumes. Holy shit. Some of them are really, really scary. Some of them are beautiful. It's just, you do, do yourself a favor and just Google Kawasaki Halloween Parade. And the costumes are fantastic and I thought that was kind of cool it didn't really say much about honoring the dead but it, it was more this this one is just a Halloween type uh, celebration just more of a fun thing to do but I thought that was cool and to to note that hey in Japan they also um, celebrate Halloween I know there's Halloween parades and stuff here in the U.S. Um, but this one kicks all of our parades as Halloween parades as asses uh, over 4,000 costumed people that would be badass. Anyway, if anybody has gone to that, please let me know how it was because that may be uh, a bucket list thing for me now, even though I am afraid to fly over the ocean. Okay, this next one, I know I'm going to mess it up. I tried to look online to find out how to say it and I just really couldn't find anything. Anyway, here we go. This is from the Philippines and it's called Pangangalulua. P-A-N-G-A-N-G-A-L-U-L-U-W-A. Okay, this is a super old tradition in the Philippines where children go door to door, a lot of times in costumes, and they sing and ask for prayers for those stuck in purgatory, which, like, I was like, yay, they go door to door, and I was thinking uh, they want candy, but then when they're like, sing prayers for those stuck in purgatory, I was like, well, that's cool and kind of creepy all in one. Can you imagine, like, I'm thinking of my daughter at, like, four years old when she would go trick-or-treating. I don't even think she would understand what she was singing for. But it's a very beautiful tradition. While um, the rituals have been kind of taken over by trick-or-treating, so they do do like trick-or-treating, you know, in some of the towns there. The actual original tradition is kind of dying out. So there's, you know, small groups of people who are really trying to keep it alive. And I think that's kind of cool. But it's a way to honor the dead and to pray for those who they believe are stuck and have not, you know, gone to the light yet, which I found very cool. Very beautiful um, all in itself. The next one we will talk about is in Hong Kong. It's called the Hungry Ghost Festival. And it originally is a traditional Buddhist and Taoist festival. And it's usually on the 15th day of the 7th lunar month, which is around to, uh, like the middle of August to the middle of uh, September. What the purpose of this festival is, is that uh, in some parts of East Asia, people believe that the spirits kind of get 
um, restless and the veil is thin. Again, that theme of uh, the dead being able to be heard and seen around this time of the year. So this restless spirits start to roam around and the festival is a way to kind of feed the spirits. And they do that uh, by giving uh, food and money they need for the afterlife. So it's a part of a super long festival and they burn paper and they make food offerings the entire like 30 some days um and then on the 15th day though this is kind of cool so during this so they started out doing all this stuff and then on the 15th day the realms of heaven and hell and the realm of the living are open i love i i know that sounds crazy that, that I think this is amazing. But when I was reading about it, I'm like, basically, they commune together. So the the realms of heaven and hell and the living, everything's open. Kind of like we, we say, the veil is thin. Um, these Taoists and Buddhists perform rituals to transmute and absolve the sufferings of the, of the deceased. I just felt this is, I don't know, I really felt this was beautiful. They really, really honor the dead. Um, they really, really... Um, have empathy and compassion for for their dead and like the fact that they want to transmute and absolve all their suffering of of the deceased is is beautiful um I would love to see like if there's after this after I do the podcast I'm totally going to look online see if I can find um videos of this kind of ceremony being done because I think this is like for some reason it's really really intriguing to me um so things that they would do during this month include preparing ritualistic food offerings, burning incense, um, they burn paper, paper mache, uh, they make like things out of paper mache, like clothes, gold, and other fine goods for the visiting spirits and for their ancestors. They do a lot of, a lot of meal prep. So they do crap loads of elaborate festival meals and a lot of them they said are vegetarian and they'd be served with empty seats for each of the deceased in the family um and treating the deceased as they as if they were still living so this to me was very much like what a lot of us in the pagan community or the witchy community do as a dumb supper um ancestor worship is a beautiful uh tradition that is I just really love this. It's basically, they called it ghost month <laughs> when they were talking about it. They're like, it's a hungry void. Vo- hmm. There it goes again. My tongue tied and tied. Anyway, the hungry ghost festival is also uh, listed as ghost month or referred to as it. And, but there's like two ways of this. There's like the more like us. We have Halloween, which is like fun and costumes and and party time and then we have Samhain which is more of a honor and um pay tribute to our ancestors time they have one called uh Qing Ming festival and that one is more of the ancestor veneration part of of their uh hungry ghost festival one of the more interesting traditions that I saw that they did to honor their ancestors during this is to buy and release miniature paper boats and lanterns on the water. And that signifies giving direction to the lost ghosts and spirits of of your ancestors and, and other deities that may be lost during this time because they feel like the veil is thin and it's confusing for them. So I thought that was really, really cool um, that they did that. 
another one. Let's go. Let's let's pack up our bags and go to India now. Um, this one is called the Petru Paksha. Petru Paksha. For 16 days during um, this time, and they said it was the second Paksha of the Hindu lunar month of oh, Badra Badrapada. Uh, many people, they celebrate this and it's a, in the Hindu religion, it's believed that when a person dies, Yama, the Hindu god of death, takes their soul to purgatory, purgatory, and that's where they'll find their last three generations of a family. And during this time, the souls are briefly allowed to return to earth and be with their families. So I thought that was kind of cool. So in order to make sure that their family's place in the afterlife is, is solid, they have to perform a ritual of Shraddha, which includes a fire ritual. Right up my alley. I love me some fire ritual. And if that, if this ritual is not performed, um, the soul will wander the earth for eternity. So during Petru Pashka, families offer the dead food, um, like sweet rice and milk, and they called that kheer, I believe. Um, a sweet porridge called lapsi, rice, lentils, spring beans, and pumpkins. Getting that pumpkin in, uh theme in there which are cooked in silver or copper pots and served on banana leaves so they have they it's when i was looking this stuff up it, like this one in particularly seemed very um not commercialized not a light-hearted thing this was like a very um necessary thing in in their faith for the loved ones that pass away and for you like when you pass away you want to be able to go to this place with the rest of your family so this was something that um each each family it was very important to them and I don't I just there wasn't a lot about the particulars um about this and I don't know a whole lot about Hindu religion so, so I, I, I can't speak too much of, of like the history of the God of death, uh, Yama, but I just felt like it was a very solemn and reverent time for them. And I thought that was special. And I love that they cook, um, the food for the dead in specific silver or copper pots. I think that was neat. They said it was very important that it be served on basically like getting out your good China for them, <laughs> you know? Um, okay. So now let's go to Poland. This one, I'm not going to pronounce right, but I will try. Zadusni. Z, it's D-Z-I-E-N, and then the next word is Z-A-D-U-S-Z-N-Y. I'm sorry for anybody that I, I am not good. Like, I'm a, I can speak, I can read, I can write. <laughs> I am really bad at pronouncing things. Blech. So anyway. In early November, in Poland, they travel to cemeteries to to uh, visit the graves of your family, all of your um, ancestors. It's very much like the equivalent of All Souls Day for Catholics. Um, holiday is celebrated with candles and flowers. They leave um, prayers and offerings for their departed relatives at the cemetery. Um, on the second day, people attend a mass for the souls of the dead. So they'll go to church or a worship place and they have basically a mass and I think that's beautiful. Um, it's believed that during these days of Zaduski in the autumn, the spirits of deceased relatives visit all the old homes by gathering near the windows or on the left side of the main doorway. 
I don't know why that was important. Um, but it was it's just on the left side. So eventually, their deceased loved ones, it was believed that the deceased loved ones, they would enter the house and then go like to the, to the fireplace and warm themselves up and then search for their meal that they have prepared, that the living have prepared for the dead. And then prior to, to returning back to the underworld or other world, the souls went to church for a special mass. Um, I, I love that. Um, and they were not allowed, the living were not allowed to watch the dead. Those who broke this rule will be punished severely. So this mass, they were explaining what the mass was like. So basically the deceased would go to your house, get a meal, and then they are going to go to church for a special mass that was actually done by a dead priest soul. And the living were not allowed to watch. I thought that was really interesting that basically they tidy up the church, they make it beautiful, and then their loved ones have, or the deceased loved ones, have mass with a deceased uh, priest soul. And the ritual of this whole thing starts by caring and cleaning up their cemeteries. So basically they clean up all of the crap, all of the trash, all of the leftover offerings, things like that, that have been littering the place. They clean it all up. I thought that was really neat. And then they go around and a priest uh, blesses and uh, the, all the graves with prayers and holy water. Um, in Eastern Poland, they prepare to meet the dead by cleaning and preparing the house for a visit. So they cover the floor with sand, leaving the door or window open. Then they move move a bench closer to the hearth hearth for for your dead for your dead, and on this bench, a dish of water, a comb, and a towel are placed so that the souls could wash themselves and comb their hair. Now that I did not see why they had to cover the floor in sand, I looked that up. I'm sure it's somewhere, but I couldn't find it. Um, women will traditionally bake special bread for the souls on uh, this holiday it's brought to the cemetery given to the poor to children to clerics um, and also left on graves really liked that they baked this bread you know not only for the for their deceased but they gave it away they gave it to homeless people people that needed food I thought that was really neat um, families have traditionally tried to give out as much as possible so in some places they bake and give out up to from two to three hundred buns of bread um, and the beliefs behind that besides just caring about your community is believing that this would help to bring in wealth and prosperity so it the, what you give is what you get type of type of belief with it which I thought that was kind of cool okay so the next festival that I want to talk about happened in Nigeria and it's called the Aru Aru Odo festival I'm probably saying that wrong and I'm sorry um, so every two years, people make shrines and stuff for, uh, for their spirits of the dead, or they call that the Odo. Spirits arrive between September and November, and they stay around, get this, six months. I thought that was kind of interesting. This is so far, like, one of the ones that I feel like is the most, you know, time-intensive festivals. It only happens every two years, and this marks return of dearly departed friends and families, um, that have deceased. Um, it, I just think it's very cool. The holiday is celebrated with feasts and music and masks before the dead return to the spirit world. Um, it's a very important ritual that happens every two years and it is believed that the spirits will return to earth during these six months. So that's why they're excited. They're like, basically that whole veil is thin type of 
of theme we have going on where for six months you can interact with them, you can talk to them, you party like it's 1999 with them because they're going to go back to the spirit world after those six months and they don't come back again for another two years. So um, they say that spirits take the form of men wearing plant fiber costumes. And just before they go back to... um, to the land of the dead or the uh, the other world, the whole like community puts on this huge play performance thing with um, people playing music and drumming, and it just sound like big costumes. It sounds absolutely beautiful. Some of the pictures I saw were just really cool. Um, so the way they end it is there's the dead, their deceased ancestors are sent off with prayers for a plentiful harvest season and for the family to have successful childbirths. So it's very, a, when I was reading about it, it seemed like a very, uh, harvesty type festival. I mean, I know it only happens every two years for them, but it did feel very, um, pagan in um the respects that they celebrate their harvest they celebrate the um the life uh, the giving of life by uh harvesting and even childbirth i mean if you think about that that's a harvest of sounds freaking kind of weird when you say it this way but it's a harvesting of a human you've been growing in your belly for that long um so i think it's really cool that they celebrate all of that and the it it was the only one that I could find that was this long and only happened every two years. So it's a very big celebration for them and it's a lot of build up to it because it only happens every two years. The next place we have is Italy. Gonna say this one wrong too. Agnesanti, Ag- uh, I think. Agnesanti. Uh... All Saints Day is November 1st, which is a national uh, holiday in Italy, but it is also known as Agnesante. Agnesante. Fuck. <laughs> and the festivi- festivities began a couple days before then. So people, uh, they leave fresh flowers, specifically chrysanthemums, on the graves of all of their uh, loved ones and deceased uh, ancestors. Um, and they also do this for complete strangers. So <sighs> that was my phone. It sounded, it's probably going to come off on the recording as sounding like something else. It's not. It was my phone. I have it on vibrate and I'm sorry. I'm such an I'm not professional podcaster. I should have shut that off. Okay, it's off now. <laughs> okay, so what was I saying? Mm, oh yeah, the, so they put all the flowers on their, their ancestors, their, love, their loved ones, and they also put them on complete strangers' graves. So especially if you go to the graveyard and everybody's got flowers and there's graves that are empty without any flowers, they will um, put them on those as well, which I think is really cool. So it basically turns these cemeteries into this beautiful floral display, which the pictures are great. Um, Italians also pay tribute by putting on uh, putting a red candle in the window at sunset. So that's to invite the dead in and set a place for the table for those spirits they hope will pay a visit. So they do a dumb supper. I just think it's a really beautiful tradition. And if you have time, Google that festival and the pictures are really, really beautiful of all the Italian cemeteries that are just flooded with flowers and all the colors. It's, it's really cool. So that's all I have as far as all the different or some of the different ways people celebrate this kind this time of year around the world. There are so many. If you Google um, uh, celebrations of ancestor celebrations around the world, so many things pop up. Um, it's really cool. But I also thought it would be informative or or 
I guess, useful <laughs> to list off some ways that you can honor your ancestors and those that have uh, passed away. So first of all, live your life with gratitude. Without those who came before you, you would not exist. So acknowledge their hardships and celebrate their life by acknowledging their part in your life. So even if you did not know them, like when I think about all my ancestors and how how hard it had to have been um, settling in a new country when they, you know, the ones that come over here, they they went across an ocean in a boat that I probably would not step foot on. <laughs> um can you imagine that? I mean, that had to be just terrifying. So your the my immigrant relatives, ancestors that came over were some of that's to me that's the bravest thing. Um, and then those that settled here and lived through harsh winters in Nebraska and they didn't have running water or toilets or central heat or electric heat you know they around here it was common for them to use um buffalo chips so cow shit and buffalo shit that's been dried out they stick it in in a stove and that's what warmed their homes like thinking about how hard it had to have been from them really makes me appreciate where where I am at now even in the shittiest moments There's a lot to be thankful for as far as your ancestors go. Another thing you can do is create a space or altar for their pictures or items that remind you of your deceased loved ones. Um, If you don't have a space, like, or if you have cats, (laughs) they're going to mess it up. A wall. So pick a a place on your wall and place place like a shelf or something with pictures of your um, ancestors and loved ones around it. And on that shelf, you can put items you can put an altar bowl bowl there so that you can make offerings to them um those candles that are electric that you don't like you put a battery in them and then like flicker do that if you're worried about having a candle next to the wall like that get one of those little electric ones and um you can light you know turn it on light it whatever (laughs) and and honor them that way you can also make uh sacrifices to them and I'm not meaning like go out and kill a goat (laughs) what I mean is making um the sacrifice of lighting a candle burning some incense leaving a food or drink offering for them a simple bowl of water um is an offering that's a sacrifice it's something that you have that you are giving to them so sacrifices are not you know what the movies say that doesn't have to be a life (laughs) it's something that you hold value I had to buy or make a candle that's value and I'm giving it to my ancestors by burning it um um, burning incense that I made or bought and giving it to them that's sacrificing something that's yours and now is no longer yours because you're giving it to your ancestors um another thing you can do is create an outdoor altar for them so maybe a space in your garden or yard planted with flowers and plants that kind of link you to them so for me it's pink roses and lilacs that remind me of my father's lineage his line like when I think of my grandma's house and going there that's what I think of is um pink roses and lilacs that's her backyard is covered in them that's where brad and i got married was in that backyard it's very special to me so having lilacs and pink roses here is is important to me um for my mom's line it's spireas like she has them when we were at the ranch she had them she loved them they look like tiny like the bushes have these tiny little flowers on them and i remember my grandma really liking them as well and they were at her house um it can be a stump where you leave offerings uh, of food of course 
like safe for critters type food. Um, you can leave rocks, plants, flowers, whatever on this little outdoor altar that you may have. It could be just like along the trail, one of your favorite trails, you just leave something every once in a while for your ancestors. I think that's a really cool practice. Um, you can also invite your ancestors into your dream time to visit and impart knowledge and guidance upon you. So simply just state the intention before bedtime and ask for them to please be present and that you'd appreciate any guidance and comfort that they can give you. Also, that you are graciously listening. Um, I think a lot of times, even with just prayer, we, we tend to talk a lot and, and not listen. So listen to your ancestors. They have so much beautiful knowledge and tidbits to impart on you even if they are deceased like they like even if your ancestors are deceased that's why they're ancestors jesus danae seriously i should probably be done with this episode soon so i don't say anything else that doesn't make any sense anyway (laughs) your ancestors from the other side can impart beautiful knowledge and advice they can help you through places they can protect you um so this is why i find in my own practice it's important for me to honor them not just around this time of the year but i have an ancestor um honoring uh kind of place in my practice on a on a permanent basis so i make sure that i honor them you know especially on all of our you know important celebrations in my in my personal spiritual belief time thing good god okay guys i think that my brain is done (laughs) anyway i answers ancestor worship and ancestor honoring is very important to me it doesn't mean that it has to be important to you i just wanted to to say that i do this all year round so i will you know leave a part of my apple in my ancestor altar bowl or I will burn some incense specifically say this is for you thank you for um getting me to where I'm at thank you for doing all the hard shit so that I don't have to because they really did do all the hard shit um so anyway I hope you guys are having a wonderful week I hope that this week and Halloween and Samhain or All Souls Day or All Saints Day or El Dia de Moretos, whatever you celebrate, I hope that is a beautiful and special time. Um, We are meeting in the coven, I think four times this week to do different things. I'm really excited about that and I am very thankful for them. Um, Oh, it's my grandma's birthday. Um, she, She is like literally one of the most if not the most important person I want to be like when I grow up I want to be like my grandma (laughs) she is uh, compassionate and open-minded she's in her 90s and she has one of the most open minds um that I know and I am so thankful and grateful for her I'm gonna cry I'm so thankful for her to be in my life and as soon as I get done with this I'm going to call her and wish her a happy birthday I don't feel very good and I'm terrified of giving her COVID and I know people in this town have had COVID so I, I can't go visit her but I definitely am going to call her and see if she can figure out FaceTiming maybe I could try to FaceTime her that would be really cool Anyway, um, if anyone has any questions about how to celebrate Samhain, if you 
um, have some ideas you want to share with me, please uh, catch me on social media. I'm on Instagram at Witchy Woman Podcast. I'm also on Twitter. Um, where, where else am I? Oh, oh you can email me at, uh, at witchywomanpodcast at gmail.com. Please go and like our Facebook page, Witchy Woman Podcast. We have a, uh, a group called Witchy Woman Friends. You can join that. You can share all of your witchy stuff in there without your um, other people being able to see it because it is a closed group. We also have the coven. If you want to join that, go to Witchy Woman Podcast and click on join the coven. What else? I'm trying to think. Oh, I have a YouTube channel. I just released um, another meditation. I'm calling them my magical meditation uh, series. Um, I've got opening and closing um, a circle. And then the latest one that I just released this morning, which should have been released on Friday, but I totally forgot, (laughs) was um, a meeting your deity meditation. It's short. It's sweet. You don't have to sit for, you know, 45 minutes. um, And I hope you enjoy them. Okay, that's it. I hope you guys have an amazing Samhain, Halloween, or whatever you celebrate. Um, So until next time, stay witchy. Bye-bye.